I don't know what I. I oh, my <laughs> only crime is being happy. That, that's all I did. <laughs> Holy shit, Danny. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Market Dive Podcast. My name is Nick Cummings, finally back after a two week hiatus. And I am joined this week uh, by the man who carried us for the last couple of weeks, uh, James Asante. Actually, it's a little disrespectful. Producer Boy and Danny did carry us after Survivor Series. Uh, but you carried us here on this on this segment, James. I so. keep AEW going, man. <laughs> it's good to see I you, James. AEW it's good to see going. everybody else. Um, we are here, obviously, once again to review another episode of AEW Dynamite, uh, which saw the continuation of the uh, Continental Classic. And we are actually going to start at the main event, which was a TNT championship match between the rated R superstar Adam Copeland and Christian Cage. Uh, I will jump right to the end here where we saw uh, Christian leapfrog over a spear and hit a kill switch that Copeland was able to kick out of. Copeland then went for a spear, um, or excuse me, Christian then went for a spear, but Copeland dodged in a corner. And as Christian went for the spear, he accidentally clipped referee Bryce Remsburg in the head, presumably with his elbow, uh, forcing Remsburg to go into the ropes and uh, uh, hold his hands over his head. Uh, Christian then notices this as Copeland is down, and Christian decides to uh, kick Remsburg in the dick and drop him to his knees to give him more time. Christian then goes to the outside, grabs a TNT championship, and lines up Copeland with it, However, your hair does look good, James. I need a haircut, but I'm saving it for Christmas. Um, he uh, goes to hit Copeland with the TNT Championship. However, Copeland ducks. Both men hit the ropes, and they attempt to spear each other at the same time and just hit each other's shoulder block in midair, and they both go down. As they're down, Shayna Wayne, Nick Wayne's mother, comes out, and in a very obvious ploy, she comes down grabs the TNT title, stares at Christian, and hits Adam Copeland as he eventually rises to his feet with the championship. Uh, Christian laughs, hits another kill switch, then lays Copeland's head onto the title and stomps at his head and neck um, in an attempt to be- make good on his word of breaking uh, Copeland's neck. And then he counts, uh, pins, excuse me, and gets the one, two, three from a barely conscious Bryce Remsburg. Uh, so, James, like I said, I thought this ending was very, <laughs> very obvious. Uh, you can see Navarro in the chat. Hello, Navarro. Hello, JL. Hey, Navarro. Hey, JL. Here. Um, I thought this was a very obvious finish, especially when yeah. uh, Nick's mom came down. I, I, I We all knew where it was going. And uh, this was a good match. I think it was a match where both of these guys probably were saving a little bit because I think they want to do more in the future. Yep. But I think the end is... I don't want to say ruined it, but it definitely took away from what was a very, very good match. The, the ending was a very overbooked mess. I I was enjoying the match prior to it. You know, they they were wrestling a very solid match. They were wrestling, yep, yeah, yep, a very solid match, <laughs> as Navarro said. Uh, I, I was enjoying a lot of the spots. I love the double spear bit that they did i thought that was nice i loved how they were countering each other as two lifelong best friends two lifelong partners would all of that was great um 
Christian going for the spear and Adam being able to counter because it's his own move. I like that. Uh, so there was stuff to enjoy about the match, but that finish was just so messy, so convoluted, and so unnecessary. Uh, you could have done half of it and it would have worked. But so many people here just look bad coming out of it, in my opinion. Um, I, I will say the only person who I think kind of gets by unscathed is Copeland because he didn't do anything egregious. He just kind of was the victim of circumstance with all of this. But uh, Remsburg getting uh, taken out and then the low blow. Like, how did, like, I, if I'm the referee and I get, if I get taken out, okay, accidents happen. You don't accidentally kick me in the dick. I got to admit, though, it was really funny, but only because it was Christian. I think if anybody did that, it wouldn't have worked. Oh. With Christian doing it, it just kind of felt okay, and it was absolutely hilarious. I completely agree with Navarro here. I completely, completely agree with Navarro here. I would have loved if everything proceeded as it did. I would have taken the Mama Wayne turn, which we all knew was coming. Uh, I would have taken the Mama Wayne turn. I would have taken uh, the, the next spot. But Christian standing tall, he then realizes he got DQ'd. That would have been perfect. Copeland <laughs> still getting that last little laugh on him. And that's what makes him do the bit to his neck. I, I think that would have been so much better. It would have really hyped up what an insecure piece of shit Christian is. And instead it just felt, it, it fell so flat to me. So much of this didn't uh, run the way it should have. Again, I know I, I recognize I said that we knew the mama Wayne turn was coming, but it was forced weeks ago when it happened. Like the reason being is going to be he hurt my son and I am a good mom. So I'm taking yeah. care of my kid. That's going to be the story. Well, I, I didn't like how they set it up weeks ago. And I, I don't want her to be on Christian's side moving forward. I don't want her to be a part of this. I want her to be pissed at, at Copeland, but I also still want her to be pissed, pissed at Christian. So that'll be the only way this is salvageable to me. Uh, very disappointed because it didn't need all of this. It, it, it really didn't. You have these two Canadian legends wrestling in Montreal, putting on a good match. I, I get there needing to be some shenanigans. Christian's the heel. And quite frankly, Copeland shouldn't win the TNT title. He really shouldn't. So I'm not upset with the outcome. I'm just really upset with how we got there. Yeah, I know AEW doesn't like to do DQs, and I'm actually a fan of that. But when done correctly, they can be good. And this may have been an instance, as you said, where it would have been okay. Because, you know, Christian, yeah, keeps his title, which is the most important thing. But he still probably be a little peeved that technically he has the loss. And exactly. Copeland has the win, leading to uh, him then stomping uh, Copeland's neck on the title. So Yes, JL, we can. Well, you I probably can. will. I probably. I'm trying will. not to. You know, I'm trying to be professional. I, I, and not I'm trying, edge. like, I, I'm trying to come up with, like, is it Edge Copeland, Adam Edge? I don't know. Either way, come on, Edge. We know who he... <laughs> why? Why are you not in here? 
Why are you not in here? You, you see those two cats in the profile picture? That's why he's not in here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I don't, I don't know if it was. I, yeah, like you said, James, it was overbooked, and I think we could have condensed it into something smaller that probably would have worked. But maybe like it was just done that way because Shana Wayne just couldn't get down the ramp fast enough to do it quickly. I don't know. Those no, heels that, definitely it, weren't helping. It, but it, it, it wasn't the pacing. It was just that it happened. Like it, she's looking back and forth between Adam and Christian, Adam and Christian. Why? You know what you're doing. It just yeah. it, it didn't ring true. It didn't ring true. I would have rather just a straight up fake out. Adam's looking at her like he's she's going to hit him. And then she just wails on him. But instead it's like, oh, this moral conundrum. You, you're, you're not. You knew what you were doing. So it just felt poorly done. And I I, I, I saw it. Like, I, I do agree with, um, with Eric. You know, she's just not really good enough to be involved in this. And the truth is, she's not a wrestler. I, I'm not going to judge her on that. You know, like I, I'm not going to judge a wrestler for not doing super well in a wrestling situation. But if you're if you're going to put this woman in this position, make it easier for her to succeed. So yeah. I, I I was I was let down by the booking, not necessarily the decisions. But mm. yeah, maybe it, I'm asking. I don't know <laughs> oh, sorry. It's a shame that we had such a good match because I was really enjoying the counter wrestling that these two had as yeah. I think you mentioned it earlier because yeah, they are lifelong friends. This was just a technical class of, you know, to borrow a phrase from Michael Cole, these two know each other so well, yep. and, you know, after 40 years, you assume these two guys know each other's moves inside and out. And it was a very nice weaving of storytelling where you have to, each guy has to figure out, what the other one's going to do. And they know, but they're like, okay, he's definitely going to try to zig instead of zagging. So I got to, you know, it's, it was really cool the way it was turning out. And then the ending just was so convoluted and nonsensical that it unfortunately took away from what was becoming a very good match. Yeah. No, I, 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 I agree. Let's head back to uh, the top of the card where we saw John Moxley take on. <laughs> in, uh, yeah. In the continental classic over in the gold league, uh, shout out Mox with the fuck the hard cam on his shirt. Oh yeah. <laughs> that was funny as hell. Uh, I will take us again to the end of the match where, uh, Bruce was able to get Moxley down in the corner. Uh, he hit him with a shot to the jaw and then stomped him out really quick, uh, before running into the opposite corner to set up for the bullhorns, what I believe was his third attempt at that. However, uh, he took too long because it's Roosh, and he just showboats all the time. And Matt Box Ooh. countered his run-up with a King Kong Lariat. Uh, Mox then hit a Death Rider, but Roosh kicked out. And Moxley very quickly transitioned into the rear naked choke. Uh, Roosh is passed out by Moxley, and Mox gets the W, getting uh, three more points and moving up to nine. Uh, Roosh stays at three, despite his objections that he was not rendered unconscious post-match. Now, I, I'm just I'm, before you do. I'm, go ahead. I would, There's I, going I to like, be slander, and it is deserved. I, I, I'm going to ask a question. I want to ask our audience. I want to ask who's with us. If you like Roosh, why? Why do you like Roosh? I I understand. He, he spade is spade. Spade is spade. He he's a physical tough guy. 
he 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 wrestles a very explosive style. I get those things. He doesn't look like a guy who should be beating the majority of the roster, and he doesn't. <laughs> See, this could have been clipped, but now I'm vetoing it. Never mind, bro. Um, <laughs> um I missed that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so glad. I'm so glad I made a comeback for you. Um, he doesn't look like a guy who should be beating the majority of the roster. He's not that much bigger than most people. He doesn't sell for anybody. And I know in Mexico, in, in Lucha culture, in, in the mess, in the Mexican wrestling scene, you don't really see guys sell all that much. There is lots of kickouts at three point ones. You see like it happened with uh, Kenny and I think it was a uh, Laredo kid uh, down in AAA. Somebody say, kicked, was that in Mexico? <laughs> yeah, so, uh, he kicked out of the uh, he kicked out of the one winged angel at three point one. Yeah, 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 <laughs> and it, it's scary stuff. So I get that that's a thing in Mexico, but he always comes across as like Mexican Hulk Hogan. Like he wants to be, he wants you to believe he's just like this never unstoppable juggernaut of a wrestler. And the way you describe that, though, it sounds like every Mexican guy thinks he's Hulk Hogan. So <laughs> I don't know. I've heard stories of Roosh maybe politicking a little bit. I don't know how yeah. true that is, but that's I think maybe where it comes in a little bit more. But yeah, I, I if you guys like him, I, I'm not trying to stop you from liking him, but I would really like an explanation as to why you like him. I I, I don't get it. I don't have the most experience with Roosh. I obviously don't watch Collision enough to have it, at least recently. I do like his in-ring style when I see it, though. Like you said, it's very explosive. It's very hard-hitting. I do enjoy watching him wrestle. But I do see what you're saying, where he doesn't really sell, you know, especially when you look at Moxley, like, he has a very hard-hitting style, too. Maybe not as explosive. He's not as, you know, I want to say high-flying, but... Yeah, he doesn't have necessarily the explosivity that Roosh does, but he fucking sells. He sells a lot. Yep. So, well, I think that all led to a good match tonight. Yeah. I do I do see your problems and other people's problems with Roosh. What happened after the match where, you know, I, we had people, you and Danny, who's not uh, here at the moment, talking in the chat about how that was bullshit that he got up immediately. Taz did try to cover. It is true that does happen in MMA fights. People will pass out and they'll wake up a second later and think they're fine yep. and have no recollection of being passed out. So that part's real. That does happen. Yeah, I, I didn't but have a problem Roosh, with that. Yeah. yeah. Roosh doing it, it was a little surprising to me that it happened in general in wrestling. But it's more of a, you know, a messenger type of thing where, yeah, you somebody doing it in general maybe it necessarily isn't bad doing it every once in a while, but the fact that the guy no sells everything in yeah. every, every all the time anyway, it, it you know it doesn't make it look good for him at this point. And it wasn't so much the no sell because I agree it happens in MMA fights and that's realistic. It's that he was just like, can you guys believe it? Like he went out to the crowd and he was like, what was that? It, like he should look dazed, he should look confused. Not I got screwed by the man here. Like whatever. Yeah. Well, that was his. That was his argument post match was that he got screwed by the ref because 
the referee called it early. And that granted, ref he, tried to fuck on him. <laughs> granted, the referee did call it rather quickly. His arms had like just barely begun to go limp when the referee called it. So, you know, if you want, if you're maybe writing into that into the storyline, okay, maybe. Also, some referees and you know, MMA have quick quick triggers in terms of you know people passing out. So there is that, but. I actually, despite that, uh, James, I did like this match. It was hard-hitting. I... You did have the explosivity from Roosh, and you had good counter-wrestling from Moxley. I think he sold a lot for Roosh, personally. So, you know, if we take all of the no-selling stuff out of it, I did enjoy this match a lot. As did I. As did I. And I know I'm being a little critical, and that's not fair, because I, I really did enjoy the match. But it's just, I, I get so frustrated with Roosh because I do, I, I, there was like a two-week period where my opinion on him was positive and changed. Because yeah, I, you you, I you say, oh, I don't watch all that much Rampage. I dealt with him in Ring of Honor. So, like, I bet this <laughs> is years for me. Years yeah. for me. So, I, that's where the frustration comes from. But I did enjoy the match. Moxley did, gr- I love the finish, if I'm going to be honest. I loved it. I thought it was great. I, I I loved how Roosh was going for that corner. Uh, what is it? The the, the the bull's horns. Yeah, I lo- he went for the bull's horns, and Moxley shot up like a rocket. He shot up, hit him with that clothesline, and then hit him with the the Death Rider. It looked great. It looked great. It looked great. And then he immediately transitioned into the choke. It looked awesome. Hi, baby. How you doing? Bro, this dude didn't even deserve to kick out of a death rider, let alone stand up after being choked out. Roosh is garbage. I know you were trying to be like, you know, kind of neutral and you didn't want to offend anyone who was a fan of his. So you're being a little easy on it. My dude is garbage. All right. You think this is a tough guy? Like he's a big doof. All right. He's not a leading guy like he thinks he is. This guy would be a fucking, he would, at best, at best, my guy would be a heavy to the main villain. He would be like the villain's like number one henchman at best. Look at his he face. He was with Andrade, but with you, I don't think the, that's going to help much. <laughs> he has the face. If I had to, I'd take Andrade over Roosh every day of the week. Genuinely. At least Andrade finally, has a look. Finally look at Andrade's face. Andre, Andrade at least looks like he could be a main guy, a main character. Like, hey, our producer boy, bonk. Roosh, Good for you, but bonk. <laughs> Roosh has the face of a henchman, and and this and him. I don't like his matches. I don't get it. It doesn't appeal to me. I've given him enough chances. No, you, he had one match that you really liked. What the Brian yeah. one? And even no, that, no, uh, not when he beat the shit out of Jungle Boy. <laughs> no, I didn't like that one either. Because even in that situation, he's not the guy to do that. I I, I yeah. just figured your hatred of one would allow you to enjoy the aspect, one aspect of that match. You know, and it's if it was real life, sure, you know, but <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, hi guys, what's up? Hey Danny, long time. <laughs> Welcome back, buddy. We missed you. It hasn't been that long for me. It's been like two weeks. I don't like that. Same. I don't like that one bit. Same. Don't like that one bit. But yeah, I, the, the match was the match was all right. I, I I did enjoy it. I love the finish. Moxley looks so smart, so uh, uh, relentless. That's what I really like—the relentlessness of Moxley. 
And I, I like that too. I agree. It just it's just that it's Roosh. If it was like anyone exactly. else. And I do want to point out one thing that commentary said, which kind of feels a little meta. I think they were pulling from uh social media this week. I don't know if you guys saw that clip of Moxley uh wrestling Osprey in Japan, where um Osprey would hit him like they had two matches uh against each other and everything that Moxley fell victim to in the first match Osprey tried again in the second match and Moxley was ready for it and countered it and commentary said something along the lines of you're not gonna hit Moxley with something that he's never been hit with before and you're not gonna hit Moxley with the same thing twice yeah, I think they said Moxley's not going to lose to something he's been hit with before. I yeah, it was the line because it was right after Roosh hit a uh, pile driver. Yeah, and I, I I love that. I think it really speaks to Moxley's wrestling character and what he's willing to put himself through to win, and how smart he is as a wrestler. So I really enjoyed that they highlighted that. And yeah, strong. I would just like to say this tweet on screen is a terrible take, and it's completely wrong. Not one match in this C2 has disappointed. That's just the that's Continental absurd. Classic. I don't know if I, I, I can't think of anything that was a true bummer. Like there have been things that haven't been like, oh my God, this is amazing. But I can't think of any stinkers yet. I've missed, I missed the, the last two from last week, I think, because I didn't finish the episode before today. I fell asleep watching it last night. Um, tsk, tsk. But it was like two in the morning. Leave me alone. Uh, but all of them I have seen so far, including the ones tonight, have been very entertaining. Uh, they've been some fairly fresh matchups. And the ones we have seen, obviously, the built-in storyline helps them along. But I think everyone's coming out, and they're just going out kind of like old-school AEW, just having good fucking matches. And I'm enjoying it. And that's good. I, I, I think – I was thinking about it as we were watching the show. I am not burnt out on this tournament yet. And I think it's because of the nature of it being a round robin. None yep. of none of it feels uh, dragged out yet. We're getting some very interesting matches that we've either not gotten before or it's been a very long time since we've had. So most of this does feel fresh. And we're getting a tournament without it really feeling like a tournament, given its nature. So I, I'm still on board and I'm still enjoying myself. So I also I have mean, only been doing it for two days, so maybe that's okay. why I'm not burnt out on it. But I'm sorry. Yeah, that, that's fair. Uh, I was gonna say I am simultaneously on both sides of it. Uh, this is the best tournament they've done in a long, long time. It doesn't feel as much like a tournament as the other tournaments because of the round robin nature of it. Uh, that being said, none of the matches somehow simultaneously don't feel fresh despite some of them actually being fresh. Yeah. Like if this wasn't a tournament, what's different about this episode of dynamite? There's just matches that are happening for the sake of matches, which would happen on any given dynamite. You would get a random match like a Mark Briscoe uh, versus whoever he faced tonight. I already forgot because the wrong person won. Oh, never mind. The right person won. Never mind. Uh, um, well, still, no. I mean, you know, I, I look. That's I don't. I will, I'll save it for later. But I, uh, I think the other matches in this tournament are a good part of why I'm kind of back to being a little, a little down on it. Um, 
because no surprise victories happen mostly. That, that's my that's my big thing, and we're I, I would like to talk about that yeah. get later. Yeah, we'll, it, I, we'll I completely agree. I think they botched at least one match tonight in terms We're in a of, point where like this feels cool, but if it wasn't happening, I can't see that much being different. Mm. Uh so it's like it's it's simultaneously one of the best tournaments have done in a while, but it also feels like a little hollow at the same so, time to me. I'm going to pose a question to you both and I would like to sure. hear your thought on it. Does this round robin tournament make you wish we had we were back to the old days, the original days of AEW where they had a ranking system? Do you guys miss the ranking system? Does this feel yes. anything like that? And... I've always missed the ranking system, so right. yeah. <laughs> but you're right, like I guess back then the ranking systems added some sort of stakes and perhaps that's what AEW has been missing most. And we've done other tournaments too, obviously, but we are all so burnt out on them. This one is giving us those old school, like I said, those old school, Hey, just kind of a random, but cool matchup on dynamite style vibes, but it's now added stakes to it because you got to get points. Cause you got to get wins. Cause you want to get, you not only want to win this tournament, but you want to get those two other belts that Eddie, for whatever reason, decided to put up. So I'm, I'm enjoying it's, it's it. It's one belt. It's a it's a triple crown belt. It's it's one. I know, but I don't know anymore because like are they're not going to dissolve the Ring of Honor World Championship? They're not going to dissolve. I mean, they might actually dissolve the New Japan Strong Championship, but I I, I can't imagine they're getting rid of the Ring of Honor World Title. It's just being be replaced tough. with. First of all, we have no WWE title anymore. It's in a way, technically. But uh, but the difference is they still have a world title that's specific to the company. They won't have that if they get rid of the Ring of Honor world title. Yeah, yeah, but the Ring of Honor is WWE CW at this point. So like, be nice. It's, to it's almost be nice to Athena's brand. Okay? Yeah, she's the only one holding it up. So what do they need a male a male world champion for? They need a secondary title. They need a secondary no. title. No, that they can have Ring of Honor women's tag title so that her and Billy Starks can win them. Not anymore. And they just they're carry done. everything. They're they'll, done. They'll, they'll get back yeah, to they're it. having a, they're having a title match too. I know. <laughs> uh, it's the it's the only interesting thing to come out of Ring of Honor. But uh, uh, those the titles are weird for me because when I was watching the last two weeks. They were calling it this triple crown title. And I'm like, no, the winner isn't a champion. They just won the tournament. They're Ring of Honor world champion and they're New Japan strong champion, but they're not continental what a classic champion. Like, that doesn't make any sense. There's like, you can get the titles a prize. But, but you, you, like, they have it hidden in that, like, velvet. Yeah, but then you're not defending that, is my point. So you're not a, then a triple crown champion. At least I don't think you should be defending it. That'd be kind of stupid, wouldn't it? Oh, I, I mean, won this tournament. Now I have to defend the tournament championship? Like, that's dumb. It's like, well, like if somebody won the NCAA tournament and then they had to go and defend the, their title against Kansas every year. Well, the point of this belt was supposed to be a triple crown belt that could be defended in three different promotions. But when one promotion owns one of the other two promotions – and all three promotions have their belt defended on the one promotion. It's kind of pointless. Yeah, yeah I, I'm willing. I, I, I'm willing to cut some slack on the title situation because you as we're as, but as we're speaking, we seem to have a little bit of confusion as to what exactly is going to happen with it. 
So maybe we are reading it wrong. I'm willing to admit that. And I'm willing to say, well, who knows? Maybe there's just going to be one guy who's holding three championships and we'll see how that goes. I don't know. That's... I have a weird feeling that that's not how it's going to be. But, we'll, but that's we also even worse of a scenario. I mean, I agree. but that's that's their fault then because this shouldn't I, I be confusing. I know I completely agree. But what I'm saying is, I, I I don't like how this was described. I don't like how this was set up. I wouldn't have put the other two titles in it. I I just I would have done this a lot differently. But I can't say how it will be until I know what will actually happen. Like, I can't say, oh, this is going to be so weird with one guy holding this, this, this. I, I don't know. So until it actually happens, I, I've got to give it, like, that little bit of room to to surprise me positively. But I, I'm very skeptical. I'm very skeptical. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Did you – but I, I, I asked you and, and Rev answered, but uh, do, do you miss the, the ranking system? Yes, to a degree, but – I think you were more on the money with just the idea of AEW feeling like they used to, you know, in the beginning. And I think that's what they are trying to recapture with this. And I hope it does. Uh, I'm kind of with Jay a little bit. The tournaments in Paris are kind of cringy. Uh, Pencil results for months are rubbish to a degree. I'm sometimes with that, especially when they're overdone the way AEW have done them. And that's why I think there should have been some surprise fucking uh, wins in, uh, tonight. So, you know, yeah. it's kind of it's kind of yeah. ruining uh, tournaments again a little bit, but it's uh, this tournament as 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 much as I'm complaining, it's has been better than most. So yeah. it's been very chalky so far, which has been a little disappointing. We need our Toro Yano moment at some point, and it needs yeah. to come soon. But it it's again, and it's I swear to God, if it's Daniel Garcia beating Brian Danielson again, again. I'm, I'm probably I, just gonna stop watching AW for a little bit. Uh, I, I don't think so because they've been making a point of um Garcia's been losing specifically because he's been hitting his version of the dragon tamer where he arches his back all the way, which is how he beat Brian in the first place. But everybody else has been countering it. Yeah. I have a feeling Brian is going to counter it on Friday on Rampage. Because uh, it'll fully prove to Garcia, the character, he's been living in the past, coasting off of that win over Brian. And everybody else has been able to scout it, and now Brian's been able to scout it. So I think that's the story they're telling, and that's going to push Garcia into a new direction where he realizes he's got to make a change. He can't just be the guy who once beat Brian Danielson, who also happens to dance now. So I... I, I I have faith we're not going to get another Brian loss there, but Saturday is a different story. I want to say yeah. with Eric's comment that I like uh, the uh, I I kind of do wish that they actually stuck to what Eddie said and that Brody would just be the ROH champion and the New Japan champion right now because he he beat Eddie and then he beat Claudio yeah. so he'd be defending because then it would at least be like it would essentially be a tournament version of a scramble match, but like yeah. I agree. You know, it would be a little more exciting. My, my only thing against it is that it would have inherently made one block feel more important than the other. But they could have also just avoided that by putting Not another... Not doing by, it? Yeah. <laughs> all of this could have been handled better. It's like the white bags. Not to point any fingers, but it could have been done better. And, yeah, yeah I... 
so much of this would have should have been properly explained. And I think they failed with how they delivered those messages. But I don't want to dwell on it too much because we I, I had did. been enjoying the tournament. <laughs> what? I said because we already did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I have been enjoying the tournament. I enjoyed most of tonight, even though I think Danny and I are going to complain about the same thing soon. But, uh, yeah, let's just move on. Yeah, I mean, it's very difficult for to come up with new ways to make stuff matter, you know, on the show, especially when you're just doing random mm -hmm. matchups. So the great question, Sean. It, it, Sean, Sean, it's why I think Swerve is winning this tournament. Though he gets something big to it to from a storyline point of view, keep him busy and keep him away from the AEW world title. Which granted, our own podcast here is very much in disagreement about who we think what we think the finals are gonna be, let alone who we think the winner is gonna be. So I don't know, but I'm sticking with that. I think that's why Swerve isn't going to get that world title shot. He's going to be too well. Busy. I just, I just think this, this stupid belt is beneath Swerve, and I agree. I, uh, I completely agree. Completely. I think any of the actual titles in AW are, you know, for Swerve, uh, especially the world title. So I, I just, but we do got to keep Swerve busy until yeah. 2024. Um, so I don't know. We'll, we'll see how this, I mean, world, the finals is what the 30th, right? It was world's end. Yeah. So, world's end. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll get there. Um, and also, oh my God. I mean, I personally would love it if, uh, if Beth showed up, um, not to, not to fight, um, Nick Wayne's mom, but you know, <laughs> I to I, do anything else. I know we're against, WWE people just coming in and winning everything most of the time, unless your name is Brian Danielson. But I would totally be okay with Beth coming in, winning either of the women's titles, and just going on a tear for a while. I know she could still go. She looks dominant. She feels dominant. It would it would be amazing. So yeah, I'm uh, right with you there, Sean. Yeah, and, I feel uh, like the. the uh, from the reports that have come out over the last few weeks, maybe the backstage people, uh, the talent wouldn't like yeah. that. But, uh, but they're there for us. They're, they're there for us. I, they're there to make me happy, not themselves happy. But uh, um, I will I will take her versus Statlander, though. That would absolutely. be Absolutely. Yeah. Her versus Taya Valkyrie would be cool for me, too. Also, um, yeah, solid match. We are going to, I think, next strong is the devil or MJ uh, is the devil for MJF. We're going to get into that in a little bit. Uh, we have lots of theories. People are starting to deduce who might be who in that group. We could talk about it, but earmuffs if you're afraid of spoilers. But we can't confirm anything, so is it really a spoiler? But we'll talk about it soon. Uh, but speaking of Roderick Strong, we had an onstage interview with him and the Kingdom uh, after a quick Jay White and Jay Lethal promo package. Uh, Roddy is absolutely convinced that MJF is going to sedan Samoa Joe in the back. Uh, he then goes on to say stuff about how there are consequences for actions, but he's no longer going to be held back by them or his wheelchair. And he finally stood up and the kingdom went ballistic like he hasn't been wrestling matches for the last few weeks. And it was some right. act of God. I uh, need you to calm down for a second <laughs> and not minimize this incredible miracle that we just experienced on Dynamite tonight, how dare you? That man stood up out of his wheelchair, 
and decided he wasn't going to be responsible for his own actions anymore. Those were the words that came out of his mouth. I wish I had that type of willpower to just not give a shit about anything anymore. He is a hero. He's neck strong. He's. Do you remember when we were kids? Those like Lance Armstrong, like yellow uh, wrist. Uh, yeah, bracelets? before he got popped for steroids. Yeah, I, that's the reason I, I wear a watch to this it, day. <laughs> it, he 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 deserves that and more, and more. Yeah, he's a hero. As, as, yes, as he said, uh, consequences and his wheelchair have held him back for far too long. So. I don't know where we're going with Roddy. Obviously, I think we have some theories that we'll get to later, but it's a very interesting promo. <laughs> and then speaking of interesting promos, we went backstage uh, again to Renee Paquette, who was trying to get a word in with MJF, but instead Hangman literally just walked through her shot and decided that he was going to have an interview instead, as he has not been seen since full gear. Uh, Hangman uh, then cuts a promo on Swerve, and says that uh, even though he will concede Swerve beat him in a Texas death match, uh, he knows the one thing Swerve wants, and he won't let Swerve have it. MJF then appears from his locker room, and the two start a very good and snappy back and forth um, where they're just berating each other before MJF finally gets to the point he's been trying to make. He thinks that Hangman is the devil. Uh, Paige says that MJF is has been a manipulator as long as he's known him, so he thinks Max himself is the devil pretending not to be him and just manipulating everyone around him. MJF says that's ridiculous, and they can settle this right now, and the two start to square off, but Shamo Joe steps in between them, telling Paige that MJF is his property and his responsibility, excuse me, and then he gets in Max's face, saying they have more important things to deal with tonight that don't have to do with Hangman, and they walk away with MJF telling Hangman that he's very lucky. Um, So, James, immediately you want to get on this. You raised your hand before... I even started, so go ahead. Pick me, pick me. So my question is, if if Hangman didn't have a match tonight on Dynamite, why was he arriving to the arena halfway through the show? Why did he come at all? That's a good question. Why? Uh, I will, very good question. I also thought it was interesting. Hangman seemed a little banged up. Like He, he seemed did. like, yeah, he seemed like he had had a few. It seemed like, you know, pre, I don't want to say sobriety, but pre dark order helps me get clean hangman. I mean, it, it, all right, to his credit, he did talk about getting hit in the back of the head with a cinder block and choked out with a chain. And he was physically showing the effects of a brutal, brutal matchup with Swerve, as opposed to Swerve, who also suffered a lot in that match and then immediately entered a tournament. Yep. So one of these guys might be selling that match a little better than the other, but I, I don't, I, he definitely did seem a little worse for wear. Um, I do appreciate the fact. What are we looking at right now? I'm gonna I'm gonna go away from this. Um, this is a celebration do, of what happened. <laughs> yeah, I I do appreciate um, uh, them acknowledging their history. The, these two young guys were primed to be the faces of the company when the company was getting started. Their characters did not like each other from the get go. Uh, Hangman Swerve three T's, Hangman Samoa Joe T's, Hangman MJF T's in one segment. Yeah, the, the AEW has always uh, excelled at one thing above all, in my opinion, and that was their ability to integrate multiple storylines into one segment, or to be able to get their stories to uh, to cross each other in natural ways. And I think this segment did a great job of that. 
uh, I, I, I'm loving Samoa Joe's arc in all of this. He is just trying to protect his 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 meal ticket in MJF. Um, I I like that Hangman isn't done, and he said it without saying it when it came to Swerve. He said it without saying it. He said, "I know there's one thing above all in this world that you want." And I'm going to make sure you never get it. And that's the AEW World Championship. He wants to be world champion. He said it in interviews. He wants to be the first black uh, AEW world champion. And Hangman, I think, wants to stop that. And I think that's where that story will eventually pick up again. I think they're going to stay away from each other for now. But I don't think that story is over by a long shot. So I like a lot of this. I like this so, so much. And... uh uh, my only gripe about it, my only gripe, is that it felt that I felt that MJF was almost too antagonistic for how he's been portrayed lately. Like he's never stopped being an asshole. He's never, or I should say, a scumbag. He's never stopped that, but he's usually way more playful about it. He's usually way more uh, schoolyard about it, and this felt truly antagonistic. For a guy who's already spinning so many plates. So that was the one thing that felt a little bit off here. And granted, he justified it by saying, I think you're the devil. So at least there is a reason he was antagonistic. But it did feel a little off from how we're used to seeing MJF portrayed lately. At least to me. Yeah, it was it was very different. And maybe it's just their history together. But you do kind of question why he's trying to start more beef when he's got at least four of them going right now. Oh, seriously. So it's definitely not his brightest move. It might be one of his dumbest moves, actually. And he's not the dumb face. So it is it is very interesting. I did want to get to that comment because, James, I thought that would be very up your alley. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sean, you're becoming one of my new favorite Facebook viewers. So thank you for being here. Uh, it's very possible. Uh, I the only reason I'm slightly against this concept is because we've been told that whoever is behind the mask, whoever's behind the devil mask and all of the, the follower uh, outfits are the people who are actually going to portray them in the long run. And it does not look like Samoa Joe is that person behind the mask from a physical standpoint, but it would be an interesting swerve. Uh, I I'm holding off on that because he's not my pick for it. But it is a great, uh, it is a great guess. Yeah, it's possible. We haven't really seen the devil too much from the neck down since the initial appearance of them in the first place. So, and that definitely didn't look like Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe is very distinctive. But granted, that was just the first day, so things may have changed. What makes him so distinctive, Rev? He's a big dude. He's built like a brick fucking house, man. Damn it, Dan, you, Dan, you beat Danny by a second. He was going to say something good, but it didn't come <laughs> out fast enough. No, I just was excited for the trap you laid out for him. <laughs> What's like, yeah, trap? We're going to get him. We're going to get him. What are houses built like? They're fucking large. He's built like a fucking two family, man. Come on. He's a big guy. He knows He's built that. like a two family. Yeah. Wow, that's fucked up, Interesting. man. I said I would respect because he could kill me in a moment's notice if he wanted to. So you only respect people who can kill you? I mean, they're higher on the list than people who can't. 
After this, we uh, came to Swerve Strixland. That is not true, and that's also not how you, that word goes. Just never mind. Uh, Swerve Strickland first. I complimented the man. First, How's Mark Briscoe. How's it going? <laughs> are, you, are you so familiar with uh, spelling it? I have actually no idea. but it's Has it been lobbed at you before? Idea. Have you no. had to have this defense before? How often does this come up in your life? Quite literally never. Uh, anyway, <laughs> this was Swerve versus Mark Briscoe in another Continental uh, Classic Gold League match. Uh, this match was pretty good. I really enjoyed the spot. Uh, right before commercial, where Swerve Suplex Briscoe out from the crowd off the guardrail, literally Swerve was standing on the guardrail, back over into uh, the ringside area, which was just it looked great and nasty yep. all at the same like... time. Uh, I will jump to the end here, where uh, Swerve was able to uh, counter a. Uh... Oh, actually, no. The end was Swerve hitting a Death Valley driver on the apron. Uh, getting Briscoe into the ring and hitting a swerve stop for the win. This moves swerve up to nine, uh, nine points. What's going on, Nas? Good to see you. Uh, and Briscoe is officially eliminated as he stays at zero and cannot make up the points. But uh, what I was getting into, Danny, was I thought there were some good spots, other good spots here with uh, the Dre, Jay Jiller, Driller, Jesus, hard to say, uh, being countered into the last call, uh, the swerve stomp counter with the knees up, and then subsequently the froggy bow counter. Uh, with the knees up. So I thought we saw a very good back and forth here between these two men, and it led to Swerve and uh, getting the nine points, tying up Moxley as they head into their match uh, next week in the tournament. I don't have much to say about this, honestly. Um, the right person won, but the tournament suffers because of it. Uh, uh, can I... Can, can I bounce off of that, Danny? Sure, absolutely. Uh, I Like a house. <laughs> I didn't mind this outcome. Because I'm of the belief that Swerve is winning this tournament. And they really want him to feel strong and look strong. And Mark, is go Mark can survive uh, these losses because he's so popular. I think, though, that this match should have dictated how a, another match in the night went. And I think Agreed. because we didn't get the surprise here, we should have gotten it in another matchup. So I'm slightly disappointed in that aspect. Um, I truly believe that Mark is... there. So if I'm not mistaken, uh, this is the Gold League, and the Gold League has two more rounds, correct? Yes, I believe so. I believe it's next I week and the week after. I think Mark is going to lose next week as well, but he's going to win his last match of the tournament. I think he's going to be a spoiler for somebody, or he's going to uh, he's just going to save face at the very end. Motherfucker, hit the gritty. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking only on this matchup, uh, did, did you have anything you wanted to say about the actual matchup, Danny? Your silence nah. is real. <laughs> no, that, that, that's fair. Uh, I do think that of anybody in this tournament who's suffering, it is Mark. But it's not because of the losses. But I think he is getting exposed a little bit. Something that we do need to remind people is that Mark Briscoe has been a tag team wrestler the majority, if not the entirety, of his career. 
uh, unfortunately due to the passing of his brother, that has now changed. And he is a singles wrestler now. And I'm very happy that Mark's career gets to continue. But we're not used, we're not super used to Mark being a singles guy. He's not a stranger to it. He did it a bunch in Ring of Honor. He's wrestled a bunch of singles matches. But we're starting to see that Mark might be a little more limited in the ring. And uh, granted, every match has had a fun spot. You know, like he did have a good spot uh, last week with the uh, like the Cactus Jack elbow to the outside. He had a good spot here where he took that um, suplex from the chair from one side of the the barricade to the other, like you pointed out, Rev. Um, he like this. Is, thank you for that, producer boy. This that was a great spot, but he's not the he's not known for being one of the best workers there is. He's known for being one of the best tag workers, but he's not known for being one of the best workers out there. So I think this might've been throwing him in the deep end. And I don't think he's failing, but he's not necessarily thriving either. And I, that makes me question why he was put in this position. Other than you just didn't want to put somebody quote unquote bigger in there to take these losses that he's taking. So I, I, I'm a little concerned for him, but I am predicting a win by the end of the tournament. Uh, I, I'm a little surprised to see him eliminated so early, but I didn't exactly think he was going to go far either. Yeah, he doesn't have to face lethal, so I don't know if that would be the win or he gets a surprise win over uh, whoever he is. It is he has Jay White? Yeah, Jay he White? beats yeah. Jay White. That I think that's the only way. To salvage I, it because there's no Jay White's not a factor in this. The side of the bracket, it's about two people and two people only. Yeah. So like, who cares? You know, if Jay White loses again, you know, it's not a big deal. So you might as well. But that would have been nice to have this week instead of having it be like James said, it'll probably be his last match. But at that point, that's asking a lot to ask us to care. You know, it's it's especially when. There's another guy inside the bracket that could be in the same situation. So I mean, shit. I think maybe you do it next week. I don't. I don't remember if they announced the matchup. They did announce the matchup. So I just they announced looking. some of them. I don't. I don't remember seeing all of them announced. Yeah, I only remember seeing Swerve and Mox coming. For yeah, next week. yeah. I think if you have him beat Jay White next week, I think that would be a lot bigger because a, like you said, James, it does help him quote unquote save face. But I feel like doing it the last week just is like. Yeah, here, here you go. As opposed to him having a very big upset in week three or week four of this, I guess, uh, and really fucking up Jay White's prospects at making it into the next round. So, I think maybe you do it next week. That seems a lot smarter to me. As for him being limited, I guess that's true. Like you laid out good points, James. But even then, like I'm still enjoying all of his matches so far. I think they've been some of the most fun ones we have had so yeah he's probably still adjusting to a degree and he has been in the ring with so far three very good wrestlers you know who you know probably outshine him a little bit in singles competition but i think he's acquitted himself well i've enjoyed his matches they've been a lot of fun and like you said he's had some great and memorable spots throughout each of his matches so far that's true uh, just to go off Nas's question, is it fair to say that Swerve is the best thing going in new besides MJF? Uh, I, I'd say yes. I think he's probably the hottest thing AEW has right now. Uh, the hottest new thing that AEW has right now. 
So, yeah, I, I'm very pro-Swerve, and I think they recognize what they have with him. I think they're being very careful with him, despite the fact that I think we most of us can agree he's above this tournament, or he's above the prize of this tournament. Yeah, I mean, he just got the win last week against Jay White. I believe that happened. That's the one, one of the matches I missed. But he got that win last week, and he's got a huge matchup with Moxley next week. And depending on what happens there... I think that'll probably, you know, if that one's going to determine the two people who get out of this bracket, I think, but it'll determine who's the first place seed most likely. And should he get that win? I think that's a huge notch in his belt. So I am really looking forward to that, but uh, let's move on really quick. We had a uh, backstage interview real quick with Mariah May. I spelled that wrong. I wasn't sure if there was an E on the end or not. So I decided to go without it. Uh, Mariah says she's planned out her big debut with Tony Khan, hoping to bring some glamour to AEW. And when Renee asks what it is, she says Renee doesn't deserve to know, which is weird. But then she quickly shifted the discussion to avoid that confrontation to Tony Storm, saying it was her night tonight as she defends the AEW Women's Championship later. Uh, we then went to what was supposed to be Samoa Joe versus MJF against the Devil's Masked Men. Uh, however, this match never took place as Samoa Joe made his way to the ring and got into the ring. The lights started flashing and Joe was then surrounded by four of these uh, masked assailants. And it was just Joe. MJF was nowhere to be seen. However, the lights then turned out. When they came back on, the masked people were gone. And the devil appeared on screen before flashing off and cutting to live video of MJF backstage where he was laid out as it appeared he was hit over the head with a beer bottle. Uh, Samo Joe then ran into the back, and we headed to commercial, and we never really got an update on it uh, for the rest of the night. But, James, I think we set up a lot here. Obviously, yes. we got another look at the masked assailants of the devil, but the beer bottle is a bit of, I think it's a red herring. I think I it has to do with what MJF said earlier, that he thinks Hangman is... The devil, and again, I thought Hangman was a little drunk, so using a beer bottle. I wish they explicitly said he was, because I think it would have lent even more credence to the fact that Hangman is the devil. But I think the devil is using their confrontation earlier in the night in an attempt to frame Hangman and throw everybody else off the scent of who the devil is, and you know, keep themselves in the shadows a bit longer. No, I, I completely agree. We've established that Hangman's character isn't dumb. He's not a dumb guy. He's not like a dumb cowboy. He's he's a smart guy. So if somebody's trying to uh, create an air of anonymity, an air of surprise, maybe don't use something that is very associated with you as your weapon. So yeah, I, I completely agree. I think this is a red herring from the devil to throw us off the track. I saw this tweet and I don't know what the fuck it was. I loved it. It was it was so nineties, but. The buddy why? from Power Rangers. I, 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 why? Also, Kenny, he, Kenny, Kenny. also, he kind of low key cribbed that off of fucking wrestling isn't wrestling. <laughs> yeah. I see. Okay, Ken. Um, <laughs> Kenny, who should have been in the tournament. But anyway, uh, I, I, I'm disappointed because I wanted this match to happen. I, I, I really wanted this match to happen because I thought we were going to get either some confirmation on who some of these guys were 
Um, even if they didn't want to reveal it, I wanted to see them wrestling these guys. And if we could like sort of put together the pieces on our own without it being officially revealed to us, wouldn't so that have made it, wouldn't that have made it incredibly obvious though? Not like, necessarily. We see, we, we see I, I these, think, the styles. I think if people are distinctive enough to, for us to figure out, be like, Oh, he's using that move. He's using this move. That's, you know, the kingdom's moves or whoever or even, it ends up being. But, but, but isn't that even better if maybe they're using moves of other people to distract and make you wonder who the fuck are they wrestling? Maybe. I think it would be very difficult. But it's, yeah, I, 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 if you're going to do I, it, that would be the way to do it. I need to believe that these trained professional wrestlers are capable of hitting moves that aren't their own. I need <laughs> to believe that, uh, let's be real, Roderick Strong could hit um, Hangman's buckshot lariat or or something uh, or the dead eye at, at the very at the very least. <laughs> I need to believe we saw, that it's possible. Last time we saw somebody try to hit the buckshot, they almost blew their knee out. But <laughs> but yeah, we're talking mean, about Logan Paul. It's a better buckshot than Hangman. What are we talking I'm, about? Not apparently I mean, not. <laughs> apparently not. If you're injuring yourself, doing it. <laughs> Uh, but I, I think he was referring to Punk. Was he, was he not? <laughs> yeah. No, but you were referring to Punk? Yeah. I, was. I, was I, I, I thought he was referring to Logan Paul. No, Did Logan Paul's one of the best wrestlers on the planet. What are you talking about? But, but he he hurt his knee doing it. Oh, did he? I forgot about yeah. that. <laughs> well, what? point stands with both of them then. <laughs> I should have left it ambiguous. But, James, to your point, yeah, I've seen Tyler, uh, Tyler Bate and Pete Dunn wrestle as each other and do each other's moves perfectly to the yes. point where if I didn't know it was the other guy, I would have believed that, you know, they were each other. So I guess you're right. If you are good enough, you can emulate somebody else and be, you know, be them for a match. So it is, I still got to believe it's fairly difficult to do though, but LA, I'll give you perspective. LA Knight was the physical model for WWE 2K games for like, four or five games. That means every move you saw in those video games, LA Knight was the one hitting them. I gotta okay. believe that if LA Knight could do it, <laughs> these guys could do it too. Which is yeah. weird because the dude could barely wrestle as it is. Exactly. How do we know that MJF was actually attacked? No one saw the attack. And Kenny Omega has clearly stated that MJF was drunk. And obviously we can't trust the elite. What is this tweet? What am I? What am I getting out of this tweet? What What are they accusing anybody of? I don't know. Maybe that they're saying MJF hit himself with the bottle, <laughs> and he is the devil. That was very clearly what the tweet was implying. I don't understand yeah. why your comprehension was so yeah, poor. But, right but why the elite? Like we can't trust the elite. Why, no, why it's a can. Mean? It's a can. Oh, trust. Okay. Yeah, so it was It was a Matt Jackson fan account. So no, I know. I just I didn't understand what the tweet was going for. I misread, and that's on me. Okay, I, so do we have predictions for the masked assailants here? I think a lot of people think it's Roddy, uh, the Kingdom. And Wardlow, is that where we're all at with this? Uh, Danny, well, I guess we can start with you here. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, obviously, the devil is still CM Punk. I firmly believe that. <laughs> uh, that's you know, him or Britt Baker are the only two payoffs that'll be worth it, so it has to be them. God, I hope it's bright. Uh, yeah, I still do too. Yeah, I still do too, but especially if it's not going to be Punk, but I still think it could be. But uh, you know, I don't actually care who the goons are the goons don't ever really 
Now, now they need to be revealed because I think it would, it would be a fun tease to have uh, like Joe choke out one of the guys and then, you know, MJF goes up to him all Scooby-Doo style and rips the mask off and, you know, uh, maybe maybe they're all, it's all the women's division, uh, <laughs> you know, because just using the Scooby-Doo logic. He's taking logic, their time. He's taking their time. Yeah, he's taking their time and using the Scooby-Doo logic. The bad guys always just someone who's like hard on luck and like it's a librarian and the library isn't getting any money and it's being shut down, you know, and they're just stealing money instead. Oh, uh, I was going to say, no, it's usually, you know, somebody stealing from the library because they're trying to build a building and it's the person who's trying to build the like apartment complex that's scaring everyone in the library. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like, I feel like it's a, it's a lot of hard on their luck people like professors and stuff where, Something hard times have befallen them. The Scooby gang are the villains of the story, typically. (laughs) Yeah, like if the professor just got fired and now he's like trying to scare everyone away from the school so he'll get rehired or something, or for revenge. (laughs) It's usually for money to stay alive, uh, I feel like. But, um, you know, using that logic, the women's division is so underserved and they just, you know, they're trying to do the whole devil thing to get MJF's TV time so they can be pushed properly. So, you know, that there we go. It's the women's division for sure. <laughs> we solved it, guys. We solved it. We um, did it, Reddit. <laughs> who do you think uh, it is, James? I mean, I, I think it's a lot of the usual suspects. I like I think Wardlow, and it kind of plays into how Wardlow's hair has looked so stupid lately. It's because he's always underneath a mask or a hood or something. Um I, I I do think it's the kingdom plus Roderick Strong, but I'm a little bummed out by that because I don't like when groups get absorbed into bigger groups. It always just I, I, something gets lost in translation, and I'm never crazy about it. But I do think they're involved. I think the the kicker of this though is uh, to go off of a report. Son of a bitch, we figured it out. <laughs> um, Definitely, Rio. Uh, I. To go off of a report, though, that's been making the rounds today, uh, Kyle O'Reilly has been spotted backstage at AEW tapings at AEW live shows, and he hasn't been for a very long time. I think Kyle O'Reilly, I don't necessarily know that Kyle will be the devil, but I could see him being a part of this. And I, I'm really terrified the devil's going to be Adam Cole. I'm really terrified because... I don't necessarily have a problem with the simplest answer being the right answer, but I, I don't know something, something setting off my spidey sense in a way that's making me feel a little uneasy. And I think the big clue on this is, and I read this today too, and it's scaring me the most of all of them. Bobby fish just wrestled his first indie match in a while. uh, Like around like the start of this devil stuff. Like as the devil stuff was picking up, oh, are, no. they're bringing him back, aren't they? Oh, this no. is going to be an Adam Cole super group. The Kingdom plus Red Dragon. It's plus, I guess Wardlow. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very scared. I'm very scared. I mean, they can bring back Bobby Fish to be a henchman. Like, there's no problem with that. I I, I will need to go back into the history of this podcast, but I can. I I'd be willing to bet a shiny dollar. A crisp $1 bill. That I was going to say, which coin were you going to use? <laughs> a crisp $1 bill 
that you, sir, said Bobby Fish has nothing to offer in any capacity in wrestling. He's gone. He shouldn't come back. There is no need for him ever. That sounds just like me. And I probably <laughs> did say something along those lines. You know, but Punk's gone. You might as well bring in everyone except Jungle Boy, who had a problem with them. You know? Uh, I and- mean, folks. Where's the lie? Retribution. Retribution. <laughs> God, it's going to be Mustafa Ali. Good pull. I, I mean, I think we jo- we said that like two months ago yeah. when the devil first yeah. started to appear. So it's, you know, there's still the chance it's it's Mustafa. There's Those a, a small chance it's Ziggler, you know, a very, very small chance. But Those contracts uh, are up now, right? 90 days. Yeah, like uh, December. It should be sometime here this month, I think. So it's I all. think so. <laughs> I think so. Well, I'll, I'll look up when they got released. Yeah, that sounds. It sounds about right. Uh, I. It could be possible, James, if they do bring Red Dragon back in, that Cole actually brings him in as reinforcements to take out, you know, the, this new Devil faction along with MJF. Yeah. Do it that way too. They could come back to spaces. I but... just, I would, I would love the balls on MJF to team up with Kyle O'Reilly after calling Roderick Strong a vanilla midget. <laughs> Oof. It would be very I... interesting to see them team up with Adam Cole, who chose MJF over Roderick Strong in the first place. So, so yeah, so... but you know, Roderick was a, he was a replace. You know, he was a substitute, undisputed era guy. Was an OG undisputed. You know, <laughs> he's, also being a, he's also being a douche to Adam, so there is that. James, what Samoa you Joe. Joe. <laughs> uh, that is, I, I will admit, I, I've hated the the cringe Adam stuff, but the Samoa Joe has been really funny. Uh, See, I feel the opposite. I feel like it only works with Adam and saying other saying other people's names like that isn't as good. He's got to just start talking to other Adams, which there's so fucking many. This shouldn't yeah. be a hard thing to do. Hi, yeah, he's got to talk to Paige next week. <laughs> Hi, Chris, baby. We're doing good. Thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, did you enjoy the show? Did you enjoy Dynamite? Uh, tell us your thoughts about it. Bro, it's uh, good to be play back. cool. Don't jump down their throat. <laughs> You're right. Chris, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Chris, baby. Um, but what um, what were we saying? The 90 days. The 90 oh, days. Is it up? They were released September 21st. So they're not quite ready yet. But by world's end, they will be. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm very excited to see where some of these people are going. But we'll get into that later. Should be interesting. All right, let's move along here, just because I think we spent a lot of time on that. Uh, We had a backstage promo from both John Moxley and Swerve Strixland, where uh, Mox was standing around saying that he actually expects to win. He expected to be undefeated, and he expects to win the tournament because he is the ace of the world, which I thought was a cool line. Uh, and then he is interrupted by Swerve. Uh, Swerve says that there's no stopping his momentum. Uh, and yeah, he has uh, shown by his match at full gear that he will do whatever it takes to win. Mox goes, good. So will I. <laughs> and then Swerve's just like, all right, I'll see you in Texas and walks away. <laughs> but the way Mox responded to that to me was so funny. It's like, good. And I was like, <laughs> Mox? Okay. But... <laughs> Very, it was a very small interaction, but I thought it was very good, and it sets up for next week. And I really like it. I think showing 
these two people interacting before their big clash uh, uh, next Wednesday is a good idea. So I'm hyped for that match, and I think this had a little bit more. Can I say one thing? Sure. I, I really wish – I really wish their match wasn't happening next week. I wish it was in two weeks. Fair. I wish they both went undefeated until the last week. I think it depends on what they're going to do because I feel like if they're both undefeated in the last week, I I, I don't. I, it's hard with the math for me just because I'm bad at it, but. It would almost be like, okay, it's more for just who comes in first in the bracket as opposed to, you know, maybe uh, Jay White having a chance at the top. Because I feel like right now, oh, Roosh having a chance at the top. So, I or don't know. Even, I think it would be... even if they both didn't go undefeated, um, I wish we... their match was last regardless. I wish their match was last regardless. But... Wait, at the end of the of the, the five rounds, isn't there the top two guys from uh, the bracket face off and the winner goes to the... Yeah, you get the semis finals. and then the final. So then we yeah. would have the same Wait, match really? two weeks in a row. Yeah. So that's why I didn't know that. I thought it was whoever had... No, that makes sense. Whoever yeah. has the two most points. Really? Yeah, so we'll probably no, get the so rematch. That's not like how the G1 does it. The G1 doesn't have whoever the two in each bracket go against each other. Yeah, but this well, isn't the G1. This isn't the G1, yeah. I know, but I thought it was modeled after it. That's weird. Okay. Ed, what, Ed yeah, Ed. modeled, not directly ripped from it. All right. No, fair enough. That does change some things for me then. I, I didn't realize that the top two guys were going to go against each other. Well, so, okay. the past three minutes have been a waste. So, producer boy, please cut that <laughs> out. Like, just save us some time on our runtime here. Sure. Added wrinkle there, which I kind of like. So, it gives us an extra match. But and... further proof that they've done a terrible job of explaining all the details. I mean, some we people understood. have. What? We but understood. We... I, but I, I missed one thing. You've missed other things. Rev missed so much. So, I haven't missed all- anything besides some of the matches. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. All right, let's move on. I'll say I seem pretty on top of things. Like, Danny, I've missed a couple of matches, but I think I know the rules. Did you but, see Kingston versus Brian? Well, I haven't seen the collision stuff. But I'm planning on, go- plan on going back and watching those. I just didn't want to spend 18 hours watching I want to say it's the best match of the tournament so far. Bold statement. Okay, definitely go it's back so and good. do it. All right, uh, let's move on to uh, what was the first of two title matches this evening, which saw a timeless Tony Storm face off against Sky Blue for the AEW Women's World Championship match. Uh, this had a very cool introduction where uh, Ben Mankiewicz from Turner Classic Movies uh, introduced Timeless Tony Storm, which was awesome. And as somebody who has actually watched uh, quite a bit of TCM, I thought it was really awesome. It was a little bit of a nerdy thing, but I really liked it. Uh, the end of this match, we had uh, Tony hit a superplex and then hit a hip attack in the corner in black and white, which was a nice added touch. They sprinkled that camera in throughout the match, which I really liked. Uh, and then Tony went to go hit uh, Storm Zero. Sky Blue was able to counter that with a roll-up, but Tony was then able to shift the weight back, and she was able to pick up their win and... Uh, retain uh, her title in her first title defense. After the match, Rio makes her grand return to AEW. I've had that song stuck in my head since Producer Boy put that tweet up 
a couple of minutes ago. James stopped barking. The dogs didn't make the playoffs. Um, anyway, she comes in and steals Tony's spotlight, which, as we all know, is a big no-no. Tony goes to take out Rio. However, Rio dodges the very, very angry punch, hits the ropes, uh, hits a dropkick, and then is going to go again. But Tony is saved by Luther and carried away. Uh, so, James, I thought this was a good match. Sky has, as we say all the time, she as she's on TV, she always improves. She always looks better. Uh, I thought she did a really good job here tonight. Tony's character work continues to be amazing. Uh, she had a really nice hip attack in the corner of the barricades, which I thought was cool. Also, side note, Sky Blue hit a hip attack, and it was actually really fucking good. Uh, Shocking. Even, Shocking. Even, I mean, Tony has, we've said on this podcast, we all think Tony has the best hip attack in the world right now, but Sky's was really good. So I enjoyed this match. I enjoyed the setup at Rio, and I enjoyed Ben Mankiewicz at the top of it. Uh, no, I, I enjoyed the presentation just like I've enjoyed uh, the presentation of most things Tony has been involved in since uh, the timeless stuff has started. Yeah. Eric watches Rev- for the plot. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I I think she has such a handle on this and she can work this against many people. I think Sky was an interesting choice, but I think she, she held up her end of it for the most part. What did I do? I enjoyed uh, it. I- I was just assuming that that was coming. It sounded like a butt was coming. <laughs> no, no. Say, I, I, I've enjoyed everything Tony's been doing, but no, that's I, just I mean, where it sounded like it was going. This is a preemptive shh. <laughs> <laughs> butt was the subject of this feud on Twitter, but not for me. <laughs> I, yeah, I, for I, the plot. No, I, I enjoyed this. I, I, I thought it was a... Why? <laughs> Again, I just thought it was going that way. I, I love the female foreigner who came at the end. I am so happy Rio's back. I I know not to expect it for long. It's going to be for like a two-week stretch, and then she goes back uh, to, what what is it, stardom? Rev, that she works I actually for? don't know where Rio works. But she, she's going to go back to Japan, and that's fine. But I'm always happy when she shows up. She she is so over that it's undeniable. People haven't seen her in, what, a year? And fans were ecstatic that she was there. So very happy for Rio to be back. It's going to be a good feud for uh, for Tony Storm. And I'm glad that they're acknowledging that she was involved with the Outcast stuff. So there is a reason for her to have beef with Tony. So all around good stuff, all around exciting. And... Uh, <laughs> Set your timer. What the the, the uh, tweet? Dab, yeah, no, yeah, Dabo just running down will always yeah. make me laugh. But, but who? That's Dabo Sweeney. He's the head coach at Clemson. He does that every game. But set your timer for. I say it again. Uh, Danny. You know a, a college coach's name? Yeah, man. that's weird. I think I think I would be I would start to get to the level of surprise with him if he knew like. The water boy. No, look, look. There's not head coach of the water boy. (laughs) No. Oh, oh. Like (laughs) I thought you meant the movie. Oh, you mean like the water boy on like Clemson sideline? No, I don't know that. I don't know. I barely even know who their head coach, who their uh, offensive coordinator is. You barely know that, but you do know. I forgot. No, I forgot. I don't remember anymore. I used to. He's good though. Oh my god. Anyway. Uh, anyway, yeah. I'm never gonna win the I like college sports argument. 
Nope. I, I mean, it's not really an argument. It's just one of the only things that I can really bust your balls about because I re- you're pretty normal otherwise, you know? Like, that's, I'm not going to make fun of you for being colorblind that often anyway. So, like, he's not colorblind, you know? Very colorblind. He's color intolerant. Okay. I, like, what do you yeah. want me to say? That sounds way worse. Honestly. That sounds terrible. <laughs> that sounds like the opposite of colorblind. <laughs> He sees them all, and he's got opinions. So I, um, I, I like this match too. Uh, it, it is Sky Blue's a weird choice because she just lost the title match three weeks ago. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of stupid, and that's just a problem uh, with the AW Women's Division that we're not always gonna. You know, we can't get into it every single week, but it's just everyone knows that it's reoccurring. And even with Rio coming back, it's like this happens every new champ. Like Rio was back, it was like what six, seven months ago. It wasn't that long ago. Uh, and it's just so put over Tony, which is good. And then it's the cycle like continues. You know, this is why this is why Mercedes is going back to WWE instead of coming in here. Like, do you think so? You think she's yes. gonna go back? Yeah. I, I think I, at this I, point, I think the damage control storyline is too tantalizing, whereas there's nothing here for her. Yeah. That match with Jade is just too appealing, too, I think. But, I don't Is that a joke? Is that serious? I don't No, no. I, I think a lot of people are waiting for that or hoping for that match to happen. Sounds like a good match to me, at least on paper. I feel like on paper is the opposite. You know, I think it actually will be a good match, but on paper, it doesn't sound. Doesn't sound good. I, I, I think Look, it's like all I'm uh, saying is Brian is not a good wrestler because he couldn't train Jade because, as according to Triple H, she wasn't trained properly. So, can, can we know. acknowledge the fact that they're doing that? Like, they hired her to shit on AEW's uh, like training process. Like, yeah. there is no way that this woman is so below uh, the women of NXT. They put fucking Brian Pillman Jr. on TV having matches. Are we going to sit here and say Brian Pillman Jr. is a better wrestler than Jade Cargill? No, I, I wouldn't because I'm, um, you know, you have reasonable. Eyes? Yeah. <laughs> uh, big ratings. Rio is back. This episode is restoring the motherfucking feeling. People Hell fucking yeah. love Rio, man. They do. They do. Like, this I is wish they did more with her. I know this she's not always of- around, but this is one of those instances where the crowd just inexplicably likes somebody and I'm with it. I am for it. I am on the same team as them. I, it is like the anti Roosh where the <laughs> people like Roosh. And no, I don't, you don't even compare like Rio is way more over than Roosh will oh, ever be. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, of course. I don't even but, like Rio that much, but like you can't compare the two at all. No, no, no. It, it, you're Eric. You're wrong, but they, people like her. People, <laughs> that was good. Yeah, dude. People I fucking like love. They do, and I don't know if it's the music or. I mean, it's part of it's the music. I cannot get that song out of my head. It is awesome, and part of it is just her. She's a good wrestler, you yeah. know, and she's been wrestling. She's she was I think nine or whatever it was. She's just she's good, and people like her, and she's always happy, and it just whatever reason <laughs> it comes off on screen. <laughs> And people go bananas for her. Like, uh, who is it? Yuka Sakazaki was, is that her name, right? Yuki yeah. Sakazaki. Yeah. People fucking love her too. <laughs> and maybe that one's more for the music, but same thing. Like, she's good in the ring. And when she left AEW, people, you know, I, there were American people who don't necessarily watch the overseas stuff who were like, 
fuck, I'm glad she's gone. I'm glad she's gone. I'm going to miss watching her wrestle. So sometimes people just get over like this. I don't know how or why, but they do. And I'm here for it, man. I love Rio. So, oh, yeah. Hopefully, they do something with her this time. Last time, she was just stuck in three way matches with or whatever combination of matches uh, with the, uh, yeah. the outcasts. So give me she's a little bit more. Do something. She's going to lose to Tony Storm and then be on her merry way. And that's fine. That's what yeah, she no, should it is. do. Yeah, no, it is. It is. Tony is on another level. Uh, when this match ended, uh, which was via roll up, which is like you could have just beat Sky Blue, right? Like we just did it three weeks ago. But anyway, uh, hmm. like the crowd were on their feet for Tony and like lapping it all up. Like uh, this is uh, this is special. And yeah, fuck it. Bring in if Rio's someone else is going to get reactions, bring her in and have two women wrestle who get big reactions and then you keep trying to build from there. So that sounds like, you know, that sounds like something that can be built off of. So, you know, in this particular case, uh, I'm all for it. Let's keep, let's keep Tony storm star shining bright. And, you know, let's uh, yeah, it's a good chance to bring Rio in to hit that yearly quota and, and get <laughs> some good pops. Yeah. I think uh, What is, I was gonna say I think that makes a lot of uh, a lot of sense there, Danny. So, but uh, to answer Quisha's uh, question, what's Britt Baker been up to? Uh, tweeting, a not lot. getting TV time. I, she's also supposedly been recovering from an injury, but yeah. she, uh, she has been she has been vocal on Twitter about uh, what she feels is a lack of microphone time, a lack of TV time. Uh, personally, I'm still very much in the camp that she's the devil, which explains why they've been. Well, okay. No. Okay. You saved yourself. I was about to pop up. Because uh, uh, the way you, you the still way put you, it up. You uh, put uh, it up. Uh, for example, uh, no, because I thought you were, that, again, that seemed like it was going to. She, been, she believes, you know, she's had a lack of TV, a uh, lack of TV time and mic time. It's like she's that almost sounds patronizing. Like it's not true, but she believes that. But like she hasn't had promo time all year. That's like you've <laughs> left it up. <laughs> I swore I hit it. I swear to God, I, I hit it. Uh, but you know, I did anyway. like her tweet tonight that uh, during the Copeland versus Christian match that said, Loser has to grow their hair back. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. It should have, but if one of them has to regrow their hair, it should be Copeland. It should not be Christian. Yeah, no, Chris. I don't think I don't think Christian ever looked good with the long hair. I think, yeah, looks he has the perfect haircut. Christian's perfect. I know you guys talked about it already, but you know, I just want to say Christian's perfect. Don't ever change. Um, <laughs> and that includes turning baby face. Okay, don't ever change ever, ever. I was going to say, just to wrap up this uh, Timeless Tony Storm thing, James, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said that she just perfectly embodies this character. I, after she won and she was posing in the ring on the mat, like the way she's always so flustered and goes faint after she wins matches and stuff, it she's got this down pat. And yeah. I think that's why people are eating up, because she just is working this character so, so well. Did Did we talk about the Mariah May thing? We did, right? Yeah. I briefly glossed over it, but if you would like to get in, more into it, no, no, I, th th there's not much to say. I just feel like they're moving those two stories at two very different rates, and I, she, 
they haven't done enough with the two of them together yet. That's so, true. I, I, I am I am surprised. No, I agree with you. I know what you're trying to say. I'm surprised they're moving this quickly with Mariah May. You would think she would spend a little more time. I don't want to say as Tony's lackey, but as as her fangirl continuing to be by her side before we start seeing this thing where she wants a little bit more spotlight and we get this thing where, where she has this interview with Renee saying she's trying to bring glamour back to AEW and has a big debut planned with Tony Khan and commentary mentioned this when Tony Storm won the title or, you know, defended her title tonight, Mariah was out there earlier. She was gone by the yep. end of the match. So they're clearly building this storyline where Mariah is presumably going to attempt to usurp her, but I would have played this a lot slower. I I do want to, like, I think Eric does make a good point in general about the division, but I think with this particular story, so much of the thing, so much of Tony's storylines have been very disjointed because we weren't expecting her to get this popular this fast. Yeah. All right. Who, Tony? No, I I don't think anybody uh, foresaw how friggin' over this gimmick was going to get. Like, she took the ball and she ran with it. I We got to put Eric in horny jail, right? I mean, me and Rev did because, you know, we've always been Tony Storm believers. I, all right. I have yeah. turned around. We we can all acknowledge I, I have, I have paid my penance. I've said, no, you have, you money, have. But, Chad hasn't. Chad, Chad tried to fucking. He tried to backtrack and he's he, trying to gaslight all of us. Yeah, it's, but, I'm not standing for it. He hasn't been on the pod in like 18 weeks, but you know, I still won't. Coincidentally, around the time. Coincidentally, around the time uh, Tony started to get really over, I think he recognizes it. What if Mariah May opponent at Winners Cup, Lacey Vaughn? All right, neither. No, neither women deserve to go through that. Neither women deserve that. Bad tweet. Bad tweet. Um, but I she she exploded to the point that they couldn't deny putting the title on her. And I, I think that was an audible. I think that was something they weren't expecting to do the way they did. And I'm glad they called it. I'm really glad they called it. But uh I I feel that there was some awkwardness with her rise, not through her own doing, but just with dealing with the booking situation. And I don't want to see the Mariah May stuff be handled in the same fashion, but I'm, I'm down. Like this is somewhat reminiscent of the Mickey James, Trish Stratus stuff, just without like the sexual angle to it. And that's so took... <laughs> yeah, self, 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 but yeah. But they they let that cook for a while before they did anything. So I don't know. I, I I'm on board for all of it. I'm just I, I I'm worried because I want it to do well. Yeah, and the other thing too is there are so many unused women in the division. We can let this cook and you know push them a little bit more, but and try to heat them up while we let this simmer. But. No, we got to do it quickly because there's nothing else because Tony refuses to book the women. At least this was on at the top of the hour. <laughs> yeah. You know, it got yeah. the nine o'clock spot. So at least they got that. But whatever. Thanks. All right. Tom. How much more is left of the show after this? I I think, uh, ask you uh, a question. Last we literally just the one, the one match because we covered the main event. So we just, it was a quick okay. uh, so, promo so package wanna, for the main wait, event. Wait, hold on. Do you want to ask the question before or after? 
before because the the last match is uh J Jay versus, versus Jay versus Jay, J. Jay, Jay. Okay, yeah. So Double J. neither of those two would be on this list. Uh, so obviously, I think we can we can put a top five uh, of of AEW this year uh, together right now, and it's in no particular order: Christian, MJF, Swerve, Tony. Who's the fifth person? Wait, Christian, MJF, Swerve, Tony. And this is in terms of what? what's the criteria exactly? I feel like the names there speak for themselves, but just, you know, those people who have hit an, another level, like another peak, or just, I guess you could just put it as a top five overall of the year if you want to, like, be like that. But then I, I think it, whoever that fifth person is, I, I just want them to match the, and, of... and that's why I was asking because I think Brian's been delivering all year, but like he's not necessarily a break. He's not a breakout by any stretch, you know. Like he's yeah. Brian Danielson. Are um, we talking like have made a leap here? Is that what we're talking about? Like, yeah, just, is obviously. Yeah, they reached Tony's... a new level. They reached yeah. a new level. Tony, uh, so it was, it was Ter- Tony Swerve, MJF, Christian, and we need a fifth. Is that what we're? I mean, yeah. I can tell you mine, and I think it's a weird answer, but I think it's true. All right, uh, I'm ready to kick th- you out if I don't like it. So I, I, I think it's. I'll see you guys. Um, I, I think it's Orange Cassidy. I think he's always been great, but he reached a new mountaintop. I think he, I think he uh, ascended to a new level here, and it happened throughout this year. Like this was a the, like the majority of 2023 was Orange Cassidy's reign of supremacy with the first reign for the international title. Now he's, you know, got the second international title reign, beating the guy who beat him for it in the first place. So I, and the guy who beat him for, for it, like the guy who beat the guy who beat him for it. So I, I, I think it would have to be orange. He's not a breakout star per se, but he, well, no he one got, on this list is really, but it, they, yeah. you know, they all hit it. They all, which is funny you picked Orange Cassidy because he did the international title leveled up yeah. from the All Atlantic title. So I can understand that. Rev, who would you say? Who's the fifth person? You're just as susceptible to getting kicked out. Yeah, hold on. Let me hover <laughs> I, over. I actually I James kind of cornered me here because I was trying to think and he said Orange Cassidy. Was, that seems like the answer. I think that should be number five. He obviously he, he just doesn't want to get carrying, kicked out. <laughs> no, I I truly do agree. I think we're all pretty we're all pretty much on the same page here. Cassidy went from, you know, full story arc from, you know, being the king of sloth style to starting to care to having something to finally give a shit about to the point where he, he was starting to cut corners a bit and now, you know, he's even t- he's starting to even turn a bit more where not the heel but just in general where if he loses, he had to get the title back, and now he's got it back. And if he loses his title, I don't know what he's gonna do. So I think he has had some of the biggest character growth in AEW, not just throughout the entirety of the show and the company, but through this year, just because of his run with that title, and then the subsequent loss, and now second run. run. So uh, I have well, okay. well said. Um, you guys both had. Great answers. Um, one one of you gave the answer a little better than the other. I'm not going to say who. <laughs> uh, but there actually was a right answer here, and that was a great answer. But it wasn't what we were looking for. The answer was actually Julia Hart. 
but another good one. Yeah. Another good, good one. choice. By the way, I would like to acknowledge because it's definitely not going to appear on Dynamite at any point, but it finally came true, it seems, and I'm getting my wish. Avidon and Julia are interacting. I think we're Ooh. either I think we're either going to get a team or at the very least a matchup, but it's happening. So acknowledging it here because nobody's going to cover uh, collision. <laughs> but um, yeah, okay, what about so, so is Julia your fifth? I mean, yeah, it's undeniable. I don't even like Julia Hart that much, but it's undeniable how over she's gotten and how far but, she's but come over, in such a short time. Over Orange Cassidy. Yeah, because Orange Cassidy is just like on another level in general. You know, like he's in that conversation for this overall company. Like MVP is up there with the Moxes and Brian's of the world. Uh, he might win MVP this year, honestly. Yeah. If they're giving him out season oh, and awards. Orange? Well, yeah. OC. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, on paper, who's had a better in ring year than him? Only one person, really. And Osprey? I, 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 yeah, Osprey's had like a contract career year here. Yeah. So I, I was strictly talking AEW, but yeah, yeah. It, overall, like throughout all of wrestling, Osprey's been insane. Yeah, which is fair. But uh so yeah, I would I would just say I would give it to Julia because it's just you can't not acknowledge like imagine when she was hanging out with those fucking losers, uh House of Black. Yeah. No, I mean yeah, who them the fuck too, is Rick like, Garrison? <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you. I I wasn't blocks. even doing a bit. I I genuinely kind of forgot. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like who would have thought back then? All I could think of was the time the the rap that Max Caster got suspended for, and how it was against them, you know. And I'm like, now she is like one of the most over people in the company, and has come yep. so far. It's it's crazy. So I'll give the hats off to her. But uh, I I will also. I'll throw in an outside okay. looking in. She's okay. not, I don't think she came up as much as Julia Hart did, but Sky Blue, I think, has had a pretty solid ascension this yeah, year. That's fair. Going from yeah. a rookie to competing for titles. It's easier to equate the win to uh, Julia because she won a title. Yeah. And Sky is still on that quest. But and the her growth her... has definitely been there for sure. Yeah. And Sky's character just shifted as opposed to Julia's, who shifted a while back. And she's been able to really grow into that character and win the title. And yeah. Julia could, in theory, or excuse me, Sky, in theory, could be on a similar path. Yeah, yeah. She, I, I've been saying it. She had been really cutting her teeth in Ring of Honor. She had really been doing a lot of growing there, and she's been putting on some strong matchups in Ring of Honor. And I'm glad that it's finally translating to AEW. So good stuff. Good yeah. stuff. Also, I think we can throw in, and I'm gonna forget her name, but it is, she is bringing about uh, Athena's former friend now. Oh, uh, championship uh, Billy Starks. Starks. Billy Starks. She, I, she came a long way too from yeah. again being Athena's very preppy lackey to now going against her for the Ring of Honor Women's Championship and plausibly de defeating her. I don't know how plausible that might be, James, but it seems like a very good story for her to win that. So I I think she's, I mean, she's 19 years old. She's very young. So I'm worried about putting too much on her too early, but I, I am willing to sacrifice her overall career to get Athena on TV and AEW right now. <laughs> so that's fine. All of her future prospects mean nothing to me. If that means I can get Athena on TV right now. Some of you may die, but that is a sacrifice. I am willing I'm to willing make. to make. Lord Farquaad, baby. Right. If you haven't so, noticed, I watch a lot of Mike Meyer movies over my break. 
Sure. Uh, I love Halloween. Um, yeah. Wrong one. All right. Well, on that note, I'm gonna go to bed. We uh, Wait, wait, we yeah. Uh, we do. We have to talk about the last match, and I think I, I'm leaving it in James's hands. Everything. I feel like me and James are on the same page, and I trust him enough to cover it. There's no need for us both to say it and be redundant. So uh, James has got this. Uh, good night, good night, Rev. Good night, uh, producer boy. Good night, good James. Night, John boy. <laughs> good night. Um, Whoever's left in the chat. Good night, John. Good night, Boy. Danny. Going off, producer boy. Just Danny. Uh, all right, James, let us, in fact, get to the final match uh, before the main event. But the final match we have to talk about, which saw the Jays face up, Jay Lethal against Switchblade, Jay White uh, in the... Next- oh, sorry, I was going to say one more thing. I was, I was like, going to leave. And then I realized I almost hit end stream. Uh, and almost oh. end full stream. So uh, good night, guys. Please don't do that. <laughs> Just X out of your browser. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that would have been so yeah. fast. That would have been terrible. Uh, anyway, James, this card had a lot of fun with this match as both people were obviously named Jay. Jay we forever. Got Jay forever. We got OJ, 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 OJ chance. Uh, we had Double J chance, which is funny because Lethal teams up with Double J, Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. Uh, they, I don't want to say they took over this match, but they, they did a great job with it. I yes. think they elevated it. Yeah. Yes. Similar to the Meat chance. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, this match ended um, with Jay White countering uh, one of Jay Lethal's roll ups. Uh, commentary sold it where Lethal just overextended his roll up a bit. White was able to easily then counter uh, into a, a roll-up himself. And Jay White escaped with a win tonight. So that brings him up to six points, I believe, as Lethal remains at zero. And I assume that eliminates Lethal from yes, uh, getting no, one of the it's, last it's two spots. It's so, official. He's, el- he's eliminated, mathematically eliminated. Yep. Uh, James, I was a little distracted during this match because uh, Fairfield goes tags. They were coming down to the final minute of upsetting Yale. Uh, which is, dude, they were plus 16 and a half. Like, they were, come on. Uh, I was doing my best to pay attention. But, but what I did watch, this was very good. I'm not surprised. I thought they did a good, good job uh, teasing their history together earlier during that promo package after the uh, first match of the evening. So I, 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 enjoy, I really enjoyed this. But I think as you and Danny, who's now gone, have been teasing all night, I think you think that Lethal should have won here. I so I, I I don't think it should have been lethal specifically, but we are pretty far into this tournament now. Three rounds in on this on this side of the bracket, going to be three on the other later in the week, and there haven't been any major surprises. No Torianos, <laughs> no Toroyano. and because of the lack of surprises, we now have two competitors who are mathematically eliminated, which means there's what. Uh, four competitors who are still going for it? Uh, at least in the gold bracket, yes, because yeah, the only people uh, who on have this won, side of the bracket. Yeah, the only people who have won matches are Roosh, Switchblade, Mox, and Swerve. And I... I think this could have been a more gradual thing. It adds stakes throughout the, sh- the, the weeks coming. 
as opposed to major stakes having been done now, and now these guys have two more matches of nothingness. It doesn't matter if they get a win. Like, it'll be good for them, but it doesn't mean anything for the tournament, like for their standings in the tournament. Um, I'm going to go out on... I'm going to go out on a limb. I, I believe Mark Briscoe is going to get a win by the end of the tournament. And I believe Jay is going to go goose egg. I don't think Jay is going to, yeah, I don't think he's going to win a single match in the tournament. And I think that's going to put him in a new direction, which is good, which is good. But um, I, yeah, I, I think, I think this was a weird move. Jay White could easily afford a loss and still be okay. Uh, because he's not going to win it. No, he's not. So I don't think another loss would have killed him here. But I, I, I think this was bad the way they... Personally, I, I think they could have did this a little bit differently and more people would have uh, been excited. But it, it is what it is. I, I think Lethal is... I, I just looked it up. Lethal is still only 30, 38. I got a lot left in the tank. <laughs> yeah, he really does. He wrestles a relatively safe style. He's entertaining. He can he could still ascend to a higher level at this point in his career with his age. But I, I I'm sad to see this is the direction. A uh, commentary did make a very good note, which was um, he has grown so reliant on Jarrett and Sanjay Dutt and um, Satnam uh, Singh and Karen Jarrett. That now that he's by himself, he just maybe he doesn't have it in him anymore. So I think maybe we are going to lean into babyface uh, Jay Lethal soon. Maybe we're going to get that back, and he's going to try to prove himself. Uh, time will tell on that. I I hope for it because I am a Jay Lethal fan. So we'll see. But I I really do think AEW put themselves in a weird position now with these with the lack of surprises that almost if we do get a surprise, it'll be a little too little too late. Yeah. Because it, it's just going to feel like a, Oh, okay. Well, it needed to play out this way. So yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't want to sound like a Debbie downer because again, I've been enjoying, I've been enjoying this tournament, but in this particular instance, in this particular scenario, either Mark should have won against who, who did he wrestle? Uh, this evening, yeah. Uh, uh, wow, why am I blanking? Uh, he right? wrestled Swerve. Yeah. All right. That's, he did the same no. thing earlier. He wrestled yeah. Swerve, and Danny was like, "No, he's not beating Swerve." But then I think then Jay Lethal should have gotten the win over Jay White. One of these two guys who were about to get eliminated should not have been eliminated. Yeah, I agree. I think that's really dumb. You take all the piss out of the rest of the matches for those two guys. Like now, all they can do is just upset somebody. And yeah, let's say you know if one of them ups. Well, I don't know who lethal. Lethal still has to face Mox, I guess. Like if he upsets Mox, yeah, that would be surprising. But wait, did they wrestle already? I could be wrong. I did. Yeah, I think they did. Oh my bad. That might have been one of the matches I missed the other day um, from last week. But I do agree with you on lethal, though. I do think he's getting goose egged because I think what commentary mentioned is the story they're telling with him. Briscoe has always felt. The a bit a bit of the Toriano character on this side, yeah. and not in a oh the goofy guys are going to win one, but just yeah. in that he's definitely the underdog here. Yeah, and he's a he's, spoiler, and he's going to steal a win somewhere. 
but he should have done it earlier to a continue having to be viable in the yeah. tournament, you know, yeah. as a as an uh as someone who could advance, and b make the person who lost really need to win the next couple, and they have to scratch and claw and do whatever they can to stay in it. I so, well, well said because uh, I don't know if Briscoe fought uh, Switch yet. If he beat, say he beat Switch tonight. Then Switch got to face Roosh. They then, did. They did wrestle. They did wrestle already. Okay, but I'm just saying, like for example, that would have made way more sense, and it yep. made, it puts Jay White in a wild position where he's, you know, he's got that L. I know he already took one, but it was to Swerve. We all kind of, you know, I don't want to say saw that coming, but it made sense Swerve was going to win, especially now that we, you know, where we see everything. It just, I think it, you're right. They did wrestle. I think that might have been the first week. It would have made a lot of sense if he already had that loss. No, they wrestled for the number one contender spot against MJF. Oh, so okay, so it wasn't. So I guess they haven't wrestled in the tournament yet. Okay, then my point. I was going to say I just watched every match, uh, almost every match. Well, but then my point stands. Like, imagine Switch lost tonight to Briscoe, and again, he could have lost to Lethal, but I think Briscoe makes more sense because of the story they're telling with Lethal. If he loses to Briscoe tonight and he faces Roosh next week, that's a tough matchup that he's got to win. And, you know, Roosh also lost tonight. And that's a tough matchup he's got to win. And Jay needs it. Jay White needs it more because, you know, he's he's dropped uh, one more than Roosh did. So, no, I thought Roosh lost two matches. I I don't, I need the grid in front of me, man. That's what we need. (laughs) Somebody should have pulled the grid up. Whatever. The point is, I think. Producer boy. We we uh we both were on the same page here where you could have made this a lot more compelling by putting some of these big time upsets at the beginning as opposed to the end where it's just like, oh well that knocked him out. Okay. Like whatever. It 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 takes the piss out of it and it's a little dis it's a little disappointing. I think the matches, like I said earlier, they've all been good and I'm enjoying them, but you could have just literally just switched up the timing. You could have probably kept all the results the same. And if you just changed the timing up a little bit, this would have been far more compelling for a longer period of time. Yeah, I agree. All right. So that is that. Uh, the match itself, it was good. <laughs> like I said, I missed most of it, but go ahead. Go Stags. 16 and a half point dogs. Upside Yale. At uh... Yale. <laughs> okay, so I I saw I was watching producer boy struggle to find these brackets, so I'll take it the way we got it here. Um, Extreme close up. <laughs> I can't really see it. Okay, there we go. Uh, okay, that's thank you, producer boy. I know, but this it. is also from last week, so. Oh, <laughs> it's okay though. It's all right. You, he's can. looking. No, but it's oh, there it is. There it is. Right, so, so Moxley has wrestled Roosh. So he's lost to Roosh has lost to Moxley, and he's lost to um well this and he lost to Jay White. And he lost yeah. to Jay White. The, the only right. the only thing this doesn't have is uh it doesn't have Swerve's win from tonight, but but we but we could put that together. Yeah, yeah that, that one's easy. <laughs> he fought Briscoe. Yeah. 
Yeah, so Briscoe Goose. So Jay White still has to fight Moxley. So again, that's going to be a fucking banger. So Lethal has lost to Swerve, Moxley, and Jay White. Yep. So, so he, he still, still needs to Bruce wrestle Mark. Yeah, and I think Briscoe is going to get the win over Lethal. Yeah. And I think that's how he gets his only win. And again, I hope that happens next week. So then uh, Briscoe's final match, uh, which I guess would then be against Jay White. I think it would be Jay gets the win. Yeah, Jay gets the win. And he looks like he might make it, but he falls just short because of whatever. Do you think there's going to be any ties on either side before this all ends? I I thought at one I, I think that's going to be how if Swerve doesn't win, I think that's how they get him out of it. I think it's through a tie. But he's got who left? He's got uh he's got Mox next week and Roosh. And Roosh. Um I I think he ties with Roosh. Interesting. I was gonna say because but that's if could... he lo- that's if he doesn't win the whole thing. Fair. Because yeah. you do have next week with Mox and Swerve, and you could, you know pussy out and protect both of them (laughs) and have the tie there. But I think that would be kind of lame. I, yeah, I I wouldn't want to see the two guys leading tie. I think you should use a tie to really sell that this guy could have won the tournament. He just couldn't beat so-and-so and and that's why he couldn't make it all the way. Yeah. He couldn't beat him in the 20 minutes. Like he was going to win, but yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like, you might end up with a tie on the blue side of things. I just feel like there's probably more of an opportunity there. I don't even know how that bracket's looking right now, if I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, but I feel like you can get one somewhere. So perhaps, you know, you do it like that. But who knows? I, I, I like this idea. I like this concept. I like the, you know, the wrinkle they've added from the G1 where you have the semifinals and then the finals. Uh, I just think, you know, we need to – oh, yeah, there's your updated version. Uh, I think – oh, here we go. All right, so here's the other side of things. Can, can we go back to the blue one? Thank you, uh, Producer Boy. So Brian has beaten Eddie Kingston. He's going to have his second match on Friday and then his third match on Saturday, which will keep him up to date with everybody else. He's been one match behind. Right, because of the eye, I imagine. Yeah, mm-hmm. so Brody has two wins over Claudio and Eddie. Andrade has a win over Daniel Garcia. Claudio lost to Brody, but beat Garcia. Garcia's lost twice to Andrade and Claudio, and Eddie's lost twice. So, uh, man, I, I don't know. I don't know. This one is way more open than the, the Gold League. The Gold it, League was, from the beginning, a very – it was a two-horse race. This one is – more surprise shockingly in my opinion given the star power feels pretty half and a half yeah because i feel like you have your top tier bcc guy on each side you have you know the up-and-comers that we all love the smarks and guys like uh uh andrade and switchblade and brody and uh, roosh and stuff like that uh, we do have a Facebook. If you uh, check the description in the link, Chris, of the video, you'll be able to find it there, and you can follow us there. Also, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. All so, the yeah. social medias. So, yeah, yeah please please uh, check us out on everything. Uh, but 
Yeah, you're right, James. Like, there's, there's, I, I, I feel like if anybody's gonna get the tie in this, it's gonna be Garcia. I feel like he's gonna like That'd get hilarious. He's gonna get like really into the weeds with somebody who he shouldn't be beating, and then get really close or just outlast them, and end up tying somebody, and then maybe that's how you get the tie. And he's interesting because obviously he's down. If he gets another loss, he's probably done. He. I mean, he was Andrade, Claudio, and Garcia. He could sweep the last three and get to nine. It, it, dep- it, it, depend, it depends on Brian and Brody's Saturday. If Brian wins against Garcia and then Andrade, and then Garcia or Eddie take one more loss, they're eliminated. They'd be mathematically eliminated the same way uh, Jay and Mark were eliminated. Yeah, which is... Yeah, if those guys get to nine, and yeah, so if you lose three, you're out basically. But yeah. that's why I'm saying I think Eddie might sweep through this, or he does. He gets the tie at the end, and because and of just, those losses, the tie means he couldn't advance. So he beats Claudio. He beats the opponent the week after, and then ties his final. Tie. I'd, I'd actually almost rather he ties against Claudio to not get another win on top of Claudio. And mm. allowing that resentment to build that the guy he beat for the Ring of Honor title is the reason, quote unquote, because he couldn't beat him. He couldn't get to that top again to hold on to the title. God, but then I would want that at the end because I feel like he's always got to do is just get this win and he can't get it. And he ends yeah. up fucking tying, especially if it was Claudio. They did yeah. that one last. He fucking ties Claudio. But I mean, people in our podcast, two of them, we got producer boy and Danny who think it, the, the finals are going to be Eddie and uh, Moxley. So I maybe, maybe, let's yeah, see. Maybe he is sweep. able to conquer Claudio again. The reverse sweet starts now yep. or this weekend. Yep. <laughs> yeah, there's, look, the one thing I will say about this, even the way it's been booked so far and how we don't necessarily like at least the gold side of things, because multiple people yeah. have already been eliminated. Uh, it is still very wide open as to I'm who's very, going to win. I'm very bummed that the Blue League is on collision. Yeah, well, that's uh, collision in general is just man. It's fucking Saturday night. It really is just Saturday. Put it on Thursday. <laughs> just put it on Thursday. I don't mind two days of AEW. James would literally double header impact I and I collision. I would. <laughs> Every Thursday. Well, while you guys are going live with AEW, I'll be in that stream, but I'll also have another stream going for TNA Impact. You just need two mics and two computers, and then you just mute and unmute depending on which one you're on. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It would be like that. It'd be like that scene in uh, OG Adam West Batman where the commissioner puts him through to Adam West, and they're talking <laughs> on the phone. Yeah, and he's yeah, he's doing both because <laughs> they have the phones just pushed up next to each other. <laughs> all right <laughs> we are pretty much off the rails here which means we're out of stuff to talk about which means uh we can end the show um i have lost my hey the show is ending things uh so uh james as i try to find banners here um what did you think overall of tonight's episode uh eric danny said he thinks the finals are mox and eddie uh so haha <laughs> And what did I think of the episode tonight? I, I thought it was very well done. I, I stand by my criticism that I think they made a mistake by not having a surprise win and having one of those two guys uh, hold on to their spot in the tournament. But, you know, that's we're past it. The matches were still enjoyable. 
Um, I my one big disappointment. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Yes. <laughs> oh God in heaven. Okay. Oh, anyway. that's going to be great. Uh, anyway. I mean, look, it's. I think it's cool that the Von Erics are coming through. I do think it's obviously to help promote their movie, but it's yeah, which looks good. It, but does, it looks amazing. It looks amazing. Please, please give me Christian with them. God. Um. Anyway, <laughs> oh, you were saying. Huh? Anyway, you yeah, know, I, I enjoyed the show. Um, I I'm disappointed by the booking of the main event with Edge and Christian. And I'm disappointed with the booking of the lack of surprises in the tournament. But overall, it was an enjoyable show. So I'm not going to let a couple of nitpicks ruin my overall enjoyment of the night. And I hope that uh, I hope they don't overcomplicate things moving forward. That's really it. That, that was the biggest complaint of the night, overcomplication. So as long as we could swerve away from that, I think we'll be good. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it, overcomplicating things. Obviously, the end of the show with uh, the interferences, plural, uh, yeah. that determined the TNT championship. Uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly on the, not necessarily, again, I don't think it's necessarily the way the tournament has been booked. I just think it's the order in which they have done things. It's like a PEMDAS situation. They've just done things out of order. If they had done it, in a, yeah. in a different order, I think we would all be super duper. On, we are super duper on board with this, but we'd be even more invested because everyone would still be alive, and we would be like, "Okay, we had the crazy upset. Like, what does this mean for the insert person who got upset here?" Yeah. And it would have provided far more talking points. I but... feel. I feel like the air of unpredictability. Oh, I need a cool. That was not Taz saying it. Yeah, definitely not Taz's voice. Even if that was on the show, it was probably like a can of Coke or something. <laughs> uh, or, yeah, that's so not Taz. Yeah, no, it was a can of Woo Energy Drink. No, uh, <laughs> um, don't forget. I, I, one thing I will say is I do love an air of unpredictability with tournaments. And I, I think that's where my biggest gripe comes in. Like everything on the gold side does feel pretty predictable, especially now. Yeah, especially like, now. So now, now things because it's gone so chalky, they have to kind of do the upsets at the end, where the upsets in the middle it creates it creates an air of unpredictability. Even exactly. if we have a general idea of what may happen. You know things. Things can change because you know upsets have happened. Now exactly. we're like, even if the upsets do happen, they don't matter because these motherfuckers are out of it. So, other than that, I enjoyed all the matches on the show. I enjoyed all of the promos on the show, and I enjoyed you know MJF getting hit over the head with a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was good writing. So. Oh, yeah. I think, you know, despite, like you call them, our nitpicks, I think this was a very good episode of Dynamite. And I think the last few have been because the tournament is carrying them, yep. uh, the episodes, that is. And, you know, at its heart and soul, AEW has just been a show about really good wrestling. And that's what we've been getting the last few weeks. So I agree. Well said. You, yeah, you can stand on that with them. 
right. On that note, uh, I would like to thank everybody so much for watching us here at the Market Down Podcast. Uh, if you could, we love it. If you would please like the video and subscribe if you would like more episodes and more hearing us talk. Uh, we are back every Wednesday after Dynamite. Impact Zone is live after TNA Impact. I don't know if it's not TNA yet, but it's still Impact for now. Uh, but the Impact Zone will be open on Thursdays after Impact games out there. Um, we're trying to get Danny to do all that sports games. Like, very easy. hard for us to do them. Uh, and we are live after uh, pay per view as well. So maybe World Ends. Um, if you want to check us out on social media at the link in the description below i believe i said this earlier but we do have twitter facebook instagram and tiktok we got good memes over on the instagram i do my best to interact with you guys on twitter as does james as does chad so check us out on those platforms we'd love to chop it up to you guys uh, there and in the comments here uh so we can get some feedback and you know just talk some wrestling uh chris very easy uh my name is dick cummings that's James Asante. Uh, the per- previous uh, person who was here earlier was Danny Hernandez. Got producer boy behind the scenes. And for all of us here at the Market Down Podcast, I want to thank you again so much for watching us. Uh, and have a good night, everybody. Hopefully we'll see you again next week. <laughs>